my signature, okay. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I want to welcome all of our visitors. You're special to us. Thank God for sending you to worship with us today. Amen. Today, I want to continue with the message I started weeks back. Foundation for a good life. Foundation for a good life. And last week, I ended with the foundation of purity of heart. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And we said, if you see God, you die. That's what the Bible says. In the Old Testament, you see God, you die. But in the New Testament, when you see God, the things that are in you that are contrary to God, they die. Selfishness dies. Bitterness dies. Unforgiveness dies. All of those things that are contrary to holy living before God, they die when you see God. And then you are made a new man. Now, in Psalm 24, verse 3 through 5, he says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in the, his holy place? He who has clean hands. And a pure heart. He who has not lifted up his soul to an arrow. He who has not sworn deceitfully. He says, he shall receive blessing from the Lord. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You got pure heart. The way I said it last week, pure heart is not saying pure, but pure hearted. You're pure, you see God, and God gives you His righteousness. Because your righteousness is not good enough. Your pure heart is not good enough. You need His righteousness. That's the only thing that can make it. His righteousness. And His righteousness will make your heart become Light. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hid. So, pureness of heart, that's what tells you, that's what opens the door for you to see God. Isaiah saw God. He was already a prophet. Then he saw things about himself that he didn't like. And then God purified him. And then sent him. So when you have seen God and you have a pure heart, guess what the next thing is? Peacemaking. Hello? Peacemaking. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons or children of God. So it's peacemaking that we need. Once you have become that person that God has created you to be in Christ, you can but help, but love peace. Because the Prince of Peace has come into your life. 
you now have peace inwardly. It's inside of you. You have the peace of God, the peace that Jesus brought into the world. And Jesus says, is the peace, not like the world will give to you. This is the peace that passes understanding. You have that peace in you. And because you have that peace in you, you desire peace. You love peace. You are peace-loving. You pursue peace. You walk after everything that makes for peace. When that's happening in you, you have received the grace of God, the grace of peace. Remember what he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. You've got that peace inside of you. Now you want to give that peace away. You want to share with people how to find inward peace. You met people out and said, I want peace inside. I want peace. That peace inside. Only Jesus can give that to you. Until you find Jesus, there is no peace. Until you receive the Prince of Peace into your life, you can't really have peace. You may have money. You may have houses. You may have a lot of investment. You may have a lot left for retirement. But you won't have the true peace that only God can give. But once you have received that peace, you can't but help to give it away. And if you are not giving it away, that's probably because you don't have it. Hello? <laughs> probably you don't have it. Because when you found something good, uh, you want to tell. Right? When something good happens to you, you can't wait to get to the office the next day to shout it out. To let people know what's happened to you. And you can't be quiet about it. Sometimes you tell the same person twice. <laughs> and they tell you, well, you said that to me before. But you are so excited. You want to share. Amen? That's the peace of God that passes knowledge. When God has come into your life, and He's living, and He's at rest in you, now, what's happened? You have received wisdom from heaven. The Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. He says, Therefore, get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding also. Why is that so important? Now, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19, God tells us that the, by, by wisdom, the Lord founded the earth. And by understanding, He established the heavens. So, if you want to be established in life, you need wisdom from God. And James tells us, I believe in James chapter 1, verse 5, he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him cry out to God for wisdom. And God's going to give that to you. And then again in James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, he says, but the wisdom of God, the wisdom that is from above, is first, what? Pure. Pure, Remember? From pure purity, then we go to it's then peaceable. You love peace. Once you got the purity, you love peace. 
You want peace. You want peace in your home. You want peace at work. Everything that you do, you work so hard to have peace around you all the time. When there's chaos in your home, and there is constant fighting in your home, the Prince of Peace is not there, and there's not going to be prosperity. Do everything you can to have peace at home. Peace between husband and wife. Satan doesn't like peace. He can't stay in a place where there is peace. He knows only the Prince of Peace can endure the place of peace. He can't stay there. It's like fire for him. He hates it. So he wants to stir up trouble in your home so that he can stay in your home. And if Satan is there, God's not there, you got trouble. Nothing but trouble. So work hard. Be a peacemaker at home. Amen. Do whatever it takes to have peace at home. At work, at church as well. Everywhere. We like it in our church. Amen. <laughs> peace. We are lovers of peace. All children of God are lovers of peace. If you don't love peace, you're always tearing up chaos. We know where you're from. Hello. Well, then we know who sent you. You love peace. So the peace, the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. Willing to yield. You just, I'm going to, I'm going to have my way. And you force everybody to get you your way. You are not a son of peace. You yield. You're gentle. You're not partial. You're not a hypocrite. He says, now the fruit of righteousness, look at this. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The seed, the seed of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness. If you are going to bring righteousness, if you are going to spread the righteousness of God, you've got to be, it's got to be sown in peace. And you also are a peacemaker. You are a peacemaker. That's very important. So we want to promote peace. In Acts chapter 24, verse, verse 16, Paul says, And herein do I exercise myself. How <laughs> many like exercise? Herein do I exercise myself. To have always, not sometimes, to have always a conscience void of offense. A conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. I exercise myself in this. I work hard in this. So that constantly, always, he said, always, I'm striving hard to have my conscience. Free from offense towards anyone and towards God. No offense. That's a peace-loving person. No wonder he was so great. No wonder he was so great. 
He made this his job. His job to constantly fight against having offense against his fellow brother or somebody outside, somebody who's wronged him. He fought hard. He was a peacemaker. Why? He saw Jesus. Amen? On the way to Emmaus. No, not Emmaus. That's a different scripture. Yeah. I'm thinking of those two guys that were. <laughs> Damascus, that's what it was. To Damascus. Oh, you all do that too. Don't look at me. That way. <laughs> yeah. But he saw Jesus. And his life was transformed. That warrior always wanting to kill. Everything changed. Now he was out. He'll give his life. So people can have peace. He give anything. So people can have peace. He exercised himself in that. When Isaiah saw the Lord, the first thing he wanted, God had been speaking. You can read in Isaiah chapter 6. God's always speaking. And God's always wanting a peacemaker to go for him. He loves peace. You know what the gospel is called? The gospel of peace. That's what the gospel is called. And if you carry the gospel in your mouth and you take the gospel out, you are a peacemaker. They will call you children of God. When you carry the gospel, the gospel of peace. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. And after he had been cleansed, he said, I heard the voice of the Lord speaking. And God was saying, who will go for us? Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who will go for us? Who are we going to send? The, vo- the Father is still speaking today and is looking for somebody to go for Him that will spread peace. Through the gospel of peace. Because every time a, a man receives the gospel, you have peace. You have peace. I remember when I was saved back uh, then, I was just going to and fro. And somebody had threatened me with uh, witchcraft. And boy, I was scared. If you grew up in my country, and um, in fact, if I said, these days I don't fear them anymore, I can go in a mess, uh, in a preaching over there, and I say, those of you that are witch, if you know you're a witch, come over here. We're going to cast the devil out. And sometimes they'll come out. So I don't fear them. But in those days, if they said, a witch... That person is a witch, and I was sitting just like they're sitting right there. And, and, and then somebody said, Pastor says, That person is a witch. I'm, I'll get up and go look for that place to sit. Now I'm not, not here, that person. And so I was scared, running back and forth, worried at night. Couldn't sleep because I was afraid they were going to do something to me. I didn't know Jesus. But after I found Jesus, Hallelujah, I found peace. I lost the fear for those type of things. Who cares? I got the Holy Spirit. They got just a little witch spirit. That little demon, I can handle that. I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. There's no need to fear. You go to sleep snoring. I mean, that's good. No fear. Because the Prince of Peace, the one who is the head of all principalities and powers, he lives, it, he lives inside here. There's no need to be afraid. 
Now, my assignment is to make peace. To bring more to him. So that they don't have to be afraid of demons and what the devil can do and all of that stuff. I've got Jesus. I've got Jesus. So we need to promote peace. Do you know why Christians don't see a lot of the power of God? Let me share this with you. Uh, on Thursday, we were in prison. Where's Yvette? Yvette here? Yes. Yvette, Yvette had preached to the prisoners. We go to prison for prison ministry. Yvette had preached to the prisoners this la- the Thursday before this last one. And uh, that was an unfit... Uh, I don't know what kind of day to call it, but it was cowboys playing with the Texans and the prisoners uh, to compete football and church. <laughs> we used to get about 20-something people. But this day, cowboys and the Texans were playing, and the number reduced to 10. We used to get about 20-something. Cowboys, <laughs> they beat us out, you know. But these were 10 faithful ones. And she preached, and we went there on Thursday, and uh, they said, uh, Pastor, we missed you last Thursday. I like to hear that, see? But they said, then he said, the prisoner says, but she did a fantastic job. In other words, we didn't miss you that much. <laughs> she did a fantastic job. I said, oh, that's fine. She said, then he said, these guys, they tell you what they meant. He said, but initially when she started, she was like <laughs> nervous. I said, we got it. But there were about nine of them. And we shared the gospel with them and prayed with them. Just nine of them. Guess what? All nine of them received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And all nine of them spoke in tongues. All of them. All of them. Michael talked to one who had been hearing. You know, they go from church to church. You know, we come in, they come to us, and they go to the Jehovah's Witnesses. And this guy was confused. He was a Jehovah's Witness. But he also got filled with the Holy Spirit. And Michael said, hey, what do you think now? He said, I'm speechless. <laughs> and then he started to cry. Started to cry. God changed that man's life. All of them. That's making peace. That's going to affect their children. Amen. When they get out of that place, they love us. They keep asking, bring more of your church people. <laughs> they love it. And it's good to go there. We want to spread peace. Do you know why the power is not there? For most Christians, I guarantee you this. Let me share this scripture with you. Matthew, Mark 16. I'm going to just read through the scripture and, they, and begin to, you know, look into it. It says, and these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers do we have here today? I want to see all your hands up. Because they're believers. Good, good. That's wonderful. So, there are signs that follow you, according to Jesus, right? Right? The signs follow you. You don't follow the signs. The signs follow you. I mean, this is scripture. Amen. Can I hear an amen? The signs follow you. Jesus can't lie. He said signs follow believers. Signs follow believers. 
Don't, you can question Pastor Goodluck, but please don't question Jesus. He says, signs follow believers. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out devils, demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went, verse verse uh, 29 is very important, verse 20, and they went out, what did they do? They went out, making peace. They went out preaching where? Everywhere. And what was happening? The Lord working with them and what? Confirming the word that they spoke through the accompanying signs. Is that still possible today? Is that still possible today? How can the signs follow you when you are not going anywhere? (laughs) These signs follow, right? That means the believer is going somewhere, right? No wonder we don't have any signs. We're not going anywhere. The only place we go is church on Sunday morning. Glory to God. But you're not going anywhere. He sent us to go out. And these signs follow those who believe. Go out and be peacemakers. And then they will realize you are children of God. Why? Because they see the signs. Hello. When they see the signs, they know something is different about you. And guess what? He follows every believer. You don't have to boast about it. He follows every believer. Michael was telling them in the prison, before we prayed with them, we were in, in Nigeria praying, and they brought a deaf child. I mean, a totally deaf child. And everybody was quiet as we were praying for this child. And then when we got through, we said, somebody snapped their finger behind the ear. They did, and that child did this. Everybody got, this is wonderful. We didn't do nothing. He did it. The signs follow those who make peace. If you want the power of God to be at work in your life, that's why God is wanting you to hear this message today so that you can go out and start talking to people and watch what God will do through you. But as long as you read that scripture constantly and say, how nice, (laughs) and do nothing about it, you are a forgetful hearer. You're forgetful here. You hear the message, you look at yourself in the mirror, and God says the sign follow you, but then you turn and you've forgotten. You've forgotten. Only doers of the word are blessed. Only doers of the word are blessed. We have to do God's word. We have to go out and share the message. We have to do whatever it takes. Paul will do whatever he says. I am all things to all men, so I can get them. To have peace in them. To the Jew, I become a Jew. To the Gentile, I do whatever they want. If they want me to change the way I dress, I'll do that too. So that's to get them. I don't want any distraction. I want the message of Jesus to reach them. 
And God was using him greatly. Amen. Now, I've got to say this, and I'll close with this. If you dare to go out and make peace, the next foundation for living will follow you. It's called persecution. It's called persecution. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, beginning from verse 10, Blessed, blessed, in other words, you have grace upon your life. Blessed means you're happy. God has graced you with this special grace. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why? Because in Matthew 6, verse uh, 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will follow you. When you start seeking to spread righteousness, for which Jesus died, and you have a pure heart, and you are striving to live for God, persecution will come. That's what the Bible tells us. They will persecute you. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely, Notice he said, falsely, if what they are saying about you is true, change it. You are not being persecuted for Jesus. You are being persecuted for your mistakes or error or evil. Whatever you're doing, that's not right. But if he's just spreading the word, that's a good thing. Jesus said, you are blessed. And they say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I tell you what, the way I think, the Bible is saying, it says this to us. Let me go to Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. This scripture is very, is very clear. Because we like all the good stuff, and those, these days we talk about all the things that God wants to give to us. But we forget that there is something about doing what God has called us that draws the attention and draws persecution towards us. Philippians 1.29 says, For to you it has been granted. What is granted? It's been granted... On the behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. And Second Timothy 3 verse 12 tells us, yes, and all who desire, can I hear the word desire? Everyone who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will what? Suffer persecution. Question, have you ever suffered persecution? Has someone ever said something because that's a Christian person? If nothing has been said about your Christian faith, whether by family or somebody outside, you really need to worry. Because that's given. 
Please. We talk about living on earth. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about heaven. There is a, you know, people run from place to place these days because if you do what's right, you are going to suffer somewhere. It's part of it. It's part of it. I've got, I've had, I've had, from the day I got saved, it wasn't too long. That's when I realized this thing is not, this is not a game. This is serious business. Because all of a sudden, the family turned. And for no reason. Just because you go to church, they want to stop you from going to church. They want, don't talk to us about Jesus. But for me, I was, I was, I loved sharing with them about Christ. Because I found that scripture in, in, uh, I believe it's uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. He says that everyone who confesses me before the Father, I mean before men, I will confess them before the Father, in, before the Father and the angels in heaven. And I thought to myself, what a good thing to have my name spoken in heaven every day. So I went talking to people about Jesus, and boy, did I get people very angry. They get very mad. But you have been ordained to suffer. In Christ. But the suffering is what brings you glory. The suffering is what gets you closer to God. The suffering is what brings heaven's resources to bear upon your life. Only through the suffering. And there is a level of suffering that must always be in the body of Christ. There is a level of suffering. This is scripture. There is a level of suffering that must always be in the body of Christ. Until somebody, a family member, a friend, start questioning what you are doing regarding Christ, but you know you are following the scripture, maybe you are not truly following it the way God wants it to be. Because they will say things about you. So I've accepted that, that this is part of my calling. I, I accept it. I heard all kinds of things. It used to be when Angela and I were... Um, just members, it was okay. But as a pastor, you can hear all kinds of things. And some of it, if you take it to heart, destroy you. But I've decided, I told a pastor one time, he was telling me, you know, this, this happened to us. I said, Pastor, listen, that's part of my calling. I accept it. I accept it. And if you don't accept it, it's going to be, let me share this with you. Uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 26. He says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you. This is Jesus speaking. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. Because that's the way they spoke well of the prophet. Some people are so tuned into like, wanting everybody to like them. It's not going to happen. Just accept everybody is not going to like you. And even if you help them, that doesn't mean they will like you. They may like you for two days, three days later, they change their minds about you. And then you start hearing things that bug you. And if you take your heart, if you go after it, you destroy your own soul. You need to let it go. That's part of your calling. You are ordained to suffer. It's part of our calling. Colossians 1.24 Please take this to heart. Share the gospel. Share so that people will get saved. You get both sides. They'll hit your heart, but somebody's going to know the Lord. And God says, that's my servant. And the angels know you, that's my peace bearer. They know you and they follow you. 
They, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but in, be, be of good cheer. In me you have peace, but in the world they'll curse you out, they'll say all kinds of evil things against you. That's part of your calling. If they're not doing it, that's because you are not sharing Christ with people. But I guarantee you, if you start talking about Jesus at, place, at your place of work, you're going to get it. Oh yes, they will, they will start saying. But the good thing is, they hate you, but when they start having troubles in their home, they will corner you secretly and say, could you please pray for me, brother? <laughs> everyone recognizes what's good, right? <laughs> they know it. They persecute you, but they'll come to you for help. So don't let that face you. Be bold for the Lord. He openly gave his life for you. And you can. Colossians 1.24 says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. That's an amazing thing. I told you, you're suffering for yourself, not for me. There's nobody want to say, well, how can he be saying for my sufferings for you? He was preaching the gospel. They put him in prison. Now he's saying, I'm suffering for you. That doesn't make sense in human terms. But then look at this word he used. I rejoice. How can you rejoice over suffering? But that's what Jesus said. When you suffer, rejoice. Because great is your reward in heaven. We're only looking at this world. This is really short here. It won't be long. This is all over. If you live long, maybe a hundred years. And it's all over. What would you do in eternity? John and James were smart. Those two guys, you know, John and James, the disciples, they were smart. They saw beyond this life. And they told Jesus, you know what? When you get up there, we want to sit right here and the other side for few. And the other disciples got the message. Ah, they were angry at them. These guys knew what? They were not just looking at this life. They were looking at the other life. And they were looking for honor and glory. If they sat by the king, they got power. And they knew that. And they were going for that. They wanted that really bad. In fact, they enlisted their mother to make the plea for them. <laughs> mother, tell him. But we don't think in terms of that. I now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up in my flesh. Look at what it says. Fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affliction or in the suffering of Christ. For the sake of his body, which is the church. So there is a level of suffering that must be in our church. Hello. And if it's not met, somebody's got to pay the price for it. Until that level is there. So we need to understand that. If you are going to live for Christ and be godly, there is persecution that's coming your way. I know it's not a fun thing to hear. But what I do know, uh, in my early days as a Christian, um, the persecution was really stiff. It was from everywhere. Uh, I mean, my, I was a school teacher. My principal called, I openly called me foolish, foolish people, ignorant people. I'm sitting right there. Believe this nonsense, he'll say. And in front of my students that I was teaching, but I realized it was a good thing because many of those students are believers today. Amen. 
Some of them are pastors. That's a wonderful thing. I got to share the word. I rejoice in all of that. When I go home back in Nigeria, I tell them in prison, you all have accents I don't have. (laughs) But when I go back home to Nigeria, they all come sometimes. Someone will say to me, "Uh, Brother Goodluck, I am your grandson in the Lord. And I'll say, who is your mother or your father? (laughs) He said, you remember this fellow that you brought to the Lord? I don't remember. I don't remember. The sower went forth to to sow. Spreading seed. Amen? And the one who gives the increase, gives the increase. Whether they come to the earth fellowship or not, don't matter. I'm gathering seed unto eternal life. That's what Jesus said in, yeah, in John chapter 4. I'm gathering seed, fruit unto eternal life. And this is the saying fulfilled. One person sowed and you are sent to reap where you didn't sow. That's beautiful. I like that. We want to share the gospel. We want to be peacemakers. We will be persecuted, but we don't care. We want to make sure that lives, people stay with God forever. Can you imagine? Think about this and I'm going to close with this. We don't think about this. Jesus created hell. Yes, he did. Because he created all things. He came to this world and described it to us. The fire and everything that was in there. He talked about worms that never die. And he says, many will go there. Today, I can help somebody to turn from going to the cliff and then fall in there. Can you imagine how wicked you could be if you see somebody walking and you know they are falling to their death, he's blind and he's walking closer to the cliff and you say to yourself, I, uh, I don't want to make him mad. If I tell him he's going to fall, he might get upset. And then you stand there and he falls to, to, you know, down the cliff and then he dies. You better, be, you better make sure nobody saw that happen. If the cops knew you were doing it, they're going to suspect you were part of this deal. That's wicked. We have to share the gospel with people. And doing that is living a good life before God. Amen? Doing that is living a good life. Blessed are they that will share the gospel with people. God will always be with you and the signs will follow you and God will begin to speak to you. In Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8, Philip was having a big revival and God's Spirit said, leave the revival, go to the desert. There is somebody at the desert. He needs to hear the word. What am I saying? When you start ministering, God will begin to speak to you and to direct your life and to direct your path. Bow your heads with me this morning. Today we are going to make a commitment to God to be peacemakers regardless of whether we suffer or not. We are going to be peacemakers. Usually this is the time I call for those who want to receive Christ 
to make that commitment to God. But today it's really about us. Those of us that know God already. We need to spread peace. Stand up with me today. This is what I know will happen. Sometimes today in my mind, because now I'm a pastor, it's different. There was nothing I was not willing. I, I used my car. I drove around town just to get somebody to take with me to church. I enjoyed it. I won't ask for money from the church for gas. That was my assignment. You do whatever it takes to get somebody to, to Christ. You do whatever it takes. Share with them. Maybe just a word. Just asking to pray for them. That's what we want to do. We're going to make a commitment to God. First of all, the Bible says we want to give ourselves to Him. We want to give ourselves to Him. How many will give themselves to Him today? Please raise your hand up if you're going to give yourself to Him today. Let me see your hands up before God. And He is here. Please honor Jesus. He gave His life. I'm going to honor Him. I'm holding nothing back. I want to honor God. He is here today. Jesus is here today. He's looking down on every one of us. We need to honor Him. We need to ask Him to fill us with the boldness. So that when He tells us to speak, we'll speak. When He tells us to be quiet, we'll be quiet. Because we know the voice of the shepherd. We hear His voice. And we know Him. Father, say that with me. Father, I commit my life to you today. I give all to you. Jesus, fill me with your presence. I commit my life to share the word of God. To share the gospel. Even if it's just a testimony, I will share with my friends. With my family. Lord, help me. I am willing. Give me grace. And give me the power. To speak in your name. To speak in your behalf. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a clap offering. He deserves it. He deserves it. I don't know how I can convince you how important this is to God. For you to bring just one soul to Him. Just one person. Just one person. So important. Because what, that, what you did, just for that one person, 